0: All right, AK Heads, it's time for another edition of the Talking Lead AK Corner. This is part five. We do this once a month, as you faithful listeners know. And uh, as we've been telling you over the past month, actually past two months, we've had Jim scheduled for a while. We've got none other than the legend himself, Jim Fuller, joining us, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Paul? Welcome in, Jim. Thanks, man. Good to be here, man. And uh, as you guys know, Jim is with Rifle Dynamics. And uh, Jim is joining us from Nevada. Is that right? Uh, Nevada. Yeah, Nevada, Nevada.
1: (laughs) You know, there's always that East West Coast thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm a Southern. I'm just an old redneck Tennessee boy.
1: Yeah, I'm down with you, brother. (laughs) So, uh, Nevada is turning into a blue state.
0: If you guys didn't uh, check the last uh, episode out, part four, we had Marco Vorbev, and Marco is a former Spetsnaz sniper, and that was a great interview. We got some insights uh, from someone who uh, used that in life and death situations, used the AK-47 life and death situations, and then he continues to use it. He's got training that he does, and and then uh, he's got a couple of books out as well. And one of you Leadheads were lucky enough to win his book. So I want to hear from you, the winner of that book. Uh, let me know how it is. Post pictures on social media. Uh, let me see that. I know I know he said it was in the mail, so it should be coming to you any day now. Uh, and then, of course, we gave away the Cerakoted Help Up AK-47s from Blackout Cerakote Customs. And uh, that should be in the mail as well. So we look forward to seeing pictures of that from Leadhead... Who won that one last week? Uh, Giddy Up. Giddy Up won that one. I want to see those pictures when that thing arrives. So, uh, Schwell is uh, running behind. He may jump in on this interview with us here in just a little bit, Jim. But uh, we're going to go ahead and start it without him. And uh, when he joins us, he'll join us. Uh, But the AK Corner, talking about AK Corner, presented by Pioneer Arms Corps. You guys go to pioneer-pac.com and check out their awesome line of AK-47s that's coming in from Poland. The Polish AK-47, Jim.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I had the opportunity to go to Poland earlier this year and do a tour of their factory and see the process of how they make their AK-47s from start to finish. And that must it was have been cool. It was very cool, it was very impressive. The quality control that they have in place uh, at that at that factory is unbelievable. So you know you're getting a great AK when you get a Pioneer Arms Corps A K forty seven. And that's what we're gonna talk about today are great AKs and great AK people with Jim Fuller. Jim, I know a lot of people want to uh to learn more about you and, and rifle dynamics. Talk about how you got involved with the A K forty seven platform.
1: I was exposed to him in the early eighties. Um, uh, like anybody else. I was just a guy that liked guns and uh, Actually, the first one I seen was, it was a pretty messed up one. It looked looked like something you probably wouldn't even want to shoot, but it worked just great. And it kind of intrigued me. And back in those days, uh, anybody that uh, was around in those days, you can know that there was a lot of Chinese AKs in the country at the time. And they were very inexpensive. I mean, you could buy them for 200 bucks or less at the time.
0: Oh, wow. And yeah,
1: yeah. Woulda, shoulda, coulda.
0: Hindsight, or, yeah.
1: You know, same guns today, so for, you know, if you got it new in the box, probably $2,000, 3000 I don't know. There's, they're very collectible now. yeah, um, they're
0: only going up in price, too.
1: Yeah, but the thing was, is they were, um, you know, it wasn't a, a very popular, it was popular for the fact that the ammo was cheap, and you could buy the guns cheap, so it kind of had a little following for that, but it was really still, even in the even in the late 70s, early 80s, still a pretty hated gun in this country, you know. I mean, it had always been an enemy's gun, and never really had a big following. Through the '80s, it started getting kind of popular because of the Chinese imports, the Hungarian stuff that came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, towards the end of the '80s and then the, into the early '90s, politics politics set in, and we lost all the import of that stuff. So, pretty much through the '90s, AK was just kind of dead in this country. Stinking no, no,
0: no. politics.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The, they, they they screw up. More. Politicians you
0: know, are always fucking up shit. <laughs> you
1: no, know, prostitution is is a, is a cleaner way to make a living, in my opinion. You know, politicians are just. Right, I don't even want to put prostitution that, that close to politicians. You don't they're even billing.
0: want to taint that profession, do you? With with same no, not at next all. to it,
1: prostitutes at least they're you know they're 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 providing a service for somebody. it's Actual <laughs> useful service, them. right? At least they give you a service for your money. Right, you know? just take your shit. You know? <laughs>
0: so, and they give you nothing in return. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: exactly. But anyhow, um, I don't want to get off on that. You know, I could go for hours on that, but the thing is, is politics kind of killed the AK, you know, with the, the import ban in 89 and then, uh, China, you know, then, then Clinton banned all the Chinese imports in the, in, in the nineties. Yeah. And, uh, until the end of the assault weapons ban, you know, we really didn't, it didn't Until it wasn't until then it started opening up again, you know, in the late nineties, we started getting parts kits and stuff in for AKs and, and but there just really wasn't a whole lot of things you could find receivers here and there and you know there was a few people doing them at the time but again it wasn't a big industry there wasn't a lot of aftermarket stuff um, you, you could get a kit it had an original barrel which is good you can't get that anymore but you know you find yourself a receiver you know beat this thing together and uh, you had yourself a pretty neat little gun the ammo was real cheap back then uh, so you know it kind of became a thing and uh, it just went on from there it, you know in those days I was still doing a lot of uh, a lot of actual physical training I, I had taught i spent five years teaching at frontside and i taught for suarez international for six years after that mm. and at the time i was teaching for suarez when i st- started working on ak's and building them in particular as a matter of fact you mentioned marco brovia mm-hmm. i was at that first class that he did here with, with suarez and that was probably the first
0: oh cool
1: much, the first actual real ak training in america that i had ever seen it was in uh uh, September or October of 2005, I believe, uh, 2000. Oh, wow. And uh, it was a great class. It was Marco Broviev. Sonny Pazikas was in that class. Uh, Paul Gomez also taught in that class. Oh, Sonny. Um, I
0: just saw yeah. where he did, uh, he did a class down there with you here recently, didn't
1: he? Um, actually he's doing a class in Vegas here this weekend. Um, he's, a uh, uh, he's doing a class out of pro gun club, I believe. Oh, okay. um, I shared it with him the other day, you know, um, but Sonny and, and Marco Brovia were the first, um, Russian, you know, legitimate Russian training that I had ever seen, you know, that, you know, before that, everybody was just kind of M4 in the AK. If you know what I mean, they're just trying to figure out how to run it. Yeah. You know, I've been running it for a long time and I had developed things, but we didn't know a lot of the cool things that the Russians were doing back then. And, uh, Sonny and Marco kind of exposed us to that. And then there's been a lot of other people that have come along since then that have expanded upon that, you know, the, the demons, as they call them, you know, um, Dimitri, Dmitri Yermak, Dimitri Wisdak, um, uh, demon was just here at red October he did a couple of things out there for us a couple of you know demonstrations of some of the stuff that they teach and it's kind of cool seeing the russian um, manual of arms and how they do stuff it's pretty neat okay. uh, I mean they're got, you know it's <laughs> kind of got to pay attention to it right
0: <laughs> so how did you know that you were you were hooked on the ak-47 what what was it about it that just that, that set was,
1: in I didn't have to clean it I didn't have to worry about it it was a ro- it was a workhorse you could beat it to death and you couldn't kill it It'll outlive the cockroach.
0: Cool. <laughs> <I> like <laughs> that, yeah. I, I'm surprised somebody hasn't come out with one that's called the cockroach.
1: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of almost you know they kind of go together. Almost, it's a term you know? of
0: endurment, you know. I mean, the yeah, it is. It the, is. the cockroach is known to survive, you know, anything nuclear fallout, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's I mean, I it's, use that analogy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a bad thing uh, when you compare something to a cockroach from for most most cases, yeah. So um, so back in the eighties, that's that's kind of when you got your teeth sunk in on the AK forty seven, and then and then from well, there, I, well, I, could,
1: I really liked the gun, and I, I ran it, you know, exclusively for a long time. It wasn't until I, I you know I started teaching at Front Sight that they wouldn't let you use an AK there. They hated AKs at school, so I had to run an M four for five years while I worked there, and. Uh, <laughs> worked on AKs and played with them on the side and wouldn't let, nobody was allowed to see you with one. You know, they're kind of stuck up. Like
0: well, that. it's like you, it's like you said too. I mean, th- they had a stigma about them because that was what the enemy used. You know, that was the gun of the enemy and it was just kind of a, a looked down upon if if anybody used them here in America. You're, just, well, you're considered there, a commie, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've told this story a few times, but there's, you know, we'll, we'll go it again. I mean, down in San Diego, when, back in those days, uh, you know, if you walk into a, a gunsmith shop with an AK, yeah, that wasn't a really good idea. Yeah, uh, most of the gunsmiths at that time were probably Vietnam veterans, and uh, you know it didn't go well. I, I tried it a couple of times, and it's like, get that communist shit out of my <laughs> fucking store! Who the hell you think you are bringing that shit in here? It's like bad mistake. Yeah,
0: you know? and you're not, and you're not exaggerating either. I, I guarantee you it was that way. Yeah,
1: no, it was. It was. You know, uh, so you know that's kind of what pushed me to learn how to work on it because it's like, well, nobody else is going to do it, and I need this shit to work better. It was mainly at the time, you know, you notice the first things you notice about an AK is the sights kind of suck, and the safety's a little tight, you know, and there's a lot of sharp edges on it, so I just went to work on it. I screwed up a lot of those guns, learning how to work on that gun, too. I think I had three or four of them over the years that I just kind of did things I shouldn't have done to them, but I learned a good little.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how you learn, right? You break shit.
1: There was no internet back then to learn the wrong shit. I had to learn the wrong shit myself.
0: So... That's a good point you bring up. How did you get the information and the tools and and whatnot that you needed to work on these? That's uh, there's I know there's a question in our box about this, and I'll give credit to credit well, to do here. You in know, I,
1: went to, I went to airframe school years ago. You know, uh, to learn riveting. You know, I never did it as a living, but I went through a one year program that Lockheed used to do with uh, uh, the North Valley Occupational Center in L.A. And it was kind of a neat thing. You did six months in a classroom and six months on the OJT. You know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I never intended, I never did it as a career I ended up being an electrician after that of all things. But, um, you know, I did have a background in riveting and I understand the process of it, and how to do it, where it's just not a lot of people do. And, you know, if you think about riveting, it's not something that's really common in the way, and at least in this, in the States, and, you know, airplanes is probably like the biggest things I could think. If you look at an airplane, there's millions of rivets in them.
0: Oh, good you know? Lord. Yeah. I've got uh, an but, aviation background. So,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, I don't need to tell you.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we're we're, t- we're telling the the leadheads so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but you know but the the, uh, the whole thing was is you know at least having a background in it it's like okay these things are held together with rivets and uh, there was a I met a guy named Hector Bennett who uh, I don't know if anybody remembers him he was uh, one of the guys who mm-hmm. started Armory USA and he's the only guy to this day I've ever met who was actually trained in a in a real in a real arsenal he was trained in the Bulgarian arsenal I believe and uh, he was just a wealth of knowledge he was an incredible guy. He, uh, you know, he had Armory USA, and then he had another company called Elk River Tool and Die for a while. And he made a pretty decent receiver. He was one of the first guys to make a decent receiver for the AK. And uh, I used to buy the rivets from him because he used to get he used to get Bulgarian rivets by the keg because he had the, he had the connects and stuff there. You know? Right,
0: he knew a guy. <laughs> huh? Yeah,
1: he knew a guy. Yeah. He knew a guy. And, uh, I don't know where he's at these days. If he, if you if you're watching this, man Hector, give us a call. We miss you, dude. I don't know what you've been doing for years, but I haven't heard from you since. Oak River, uh, he, Elk River, he sold, and then he tried to set up something else in Montana or something, and I, that's okay. the last I heard of him. And I don't know what he was doing. Okay. What's his name? Yeah. Hector? Hector Bennett. Hector Bennett. So if any of you leadheads
0: out there, anybody listening knows Hector Bennett, have him get in touch with me, talking lead at gmail.com. I uh, would love to get him on the show. He sounds like he was a, oh, one of the Pioneers of the AK in America. He's a, real, he's a real
1: old school guy. He's been around for a while. I mean, you know, there was, there was an AK industry, you know, before we ever got into it, but that's been, you know, that's been back in the '80s and the '90s, early '90s, and it's kind of died out since then. You know, yeah. even the um, the historical website they used to have is gone now too, I believe. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's come back now, and it's been, I think it's back here to stay. Now the industry is getting quite big. Um, it's it's a lot better off than it was, you know, 10, 12 years ago when we started getting into it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, now there's actually a lot of products available for DAK. There's a lot of good stuff out there. A lot of people are, and, and that's, really, that's, that's really market-driven because the more people that get into it, into it, the more people are willing to invest money to create more products.
0: Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And then, when there's a demand, you know, then somebody's yep. going to come out with a, a solution for that. Um, well, you
1: know, constantly complain that they want, well, we need this, we need that. It's like, well, you know let's get some people involved in this and get enough people to buy it and we can make that stuff. But otherwise you can't get people to spend six figures to develop something if there's no market for it.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's, that attributes a lot to the popularity of the AK now, the AK 47 now is not only, you know, the accessories, but we were talking about a little bit earlier and we'll get more into this as, as we talk, but the different calibers that are available with the AK now. Uh, I know that you just took a class over, um, at, um, Thunder Ranch, and you took uh, a 5.56 five, AK.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was because uh, they, they require frangible ammo there, and it just made sense. And frangible ammo is um, kind of pricey, but the <laughs> 5.56 five, was cheaper than 7.62, and my cheapness got to me, and I wanted to play with my <laughs> 5.56 five, so your, yeah. fr-
0: your frugalness, yeah. You're,
1: yeah, you're yeah, there, there's that. We get the, most no, bang I'm, for your buck. I'm retired. I'm on a fixed income now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So the, uh, the question about, I was trying to find who, who asked you the question about the, um, that you got the part you know, how were you getting the parts and the experience for the AK platform back in the day before it was, you know, thought of as viable that came from Nick well, when Dooley. I
1: started, when I started building, that's when they were selling, um, that's when the Romanian parts kits were around and they were like 99 bucks for, and most of these things were like brand new guns that were just cut up and never fired. They're 99 bucks for, for, for the whole thing, but the receiver barrel, everything and. uh, Man, you just, at that price, we were going nuts building those guns. I mean, I think the first, we bought like 50 of them in the first batch and just went crazy building guns for everybody. And uh, it's, I mean, that was before we were in business, you know, we were just building stuff just for fun. You know, friends get together and have what they, you know, back back then before they were having build parties, we were having build parties. (laughs) So I'm sure you had to figure out, uh,
0: this is part of Nick's question too, the, the tools uh, back then, I'm sure they weren't readily available, the parts. Uh, yeah. You have to go overseas to get some of the parts and, and whatnot.
1: Yeah, we, well, we bought stuff. Did, I remember I bought a, a, I bought an armorer's kit. I think it was a Polish armorer's kit or something like that. And we got a couple of oddball tools in that, but it really wasn't nothing for building. It was more like just maintenance tools and things. And then, but then uh, there was a couple of different people that were making different riveting jigs, and we played around with a few things. We built a few things. But until I seen the one that AK Builder came out with, which I still use today, you know, modified slightly, but they, they seem to make the most useful one that's on the market. There's a few other ones since then, but I've been using that particular jig for so long that, you know, I have four or five of them set up for different things, and they, they just work, so I haven't really looked at anything else. Yeah. Um, but those are the ones we've been using mainly since we've been in business. Yeah.
0: So this, uh, this question kind of goes along with that. This is from Jacob uh, Roseski. Hope mm-hmm. oh, I said your, said your name right, Jacob. Uh, it says being based in Las Vegas. How hard was it to begin producing in the U.S. i.e. machines, templates, R and D, etc.?
1: Um. Well, as far as producing things, I mean, we don't really make a lot of stuff here. We have we are making more stuff every all the time. But in the beginning, we were buying all of our parts for them. You know, the Romanian the Polish gets whatever, whatever was available at the time. Bulgarian stuff. We're buying parts from other countries. That's where our supply comes from. You know the uh. uh you know, we're at the, we're, we're basically at the mercy of other countries demilling their guns to get parts until we can get parts completely made here. Now, you know, the market does not support making, you know, standard mill spec AK parts in this country. It's just too expensive for the market right now. I mean, to, to do forgings for, you know, the, I mean, there's three parts that should be forgings. And to do that, you're probably looking at almost a half a million dollars to develop it. Yeah. You know, it's pretty hard to get somebody to do that at this point. I think it's close. I think we're going to get somebody to do it. I mean, we, we know how to do it. We know exactly what to do. We know how to get how to get it done. We've studied it. We've worked on it. We can do it. But you got to get somebody that's willing to put up that dough. <laughs>
0: that's right. It's all about the dollars isn't it.
1: Yeah, And, you know, and I mean, like, you know, like like for instance, uh, you know, uh, Century and you know, a Pioneer Arms, you know, they have a nice budget gun that you can get out there. And and that's really where the biggest part of the market is right now. I think we were looking at the numbers from two thousand fifteen, and I think it was something like um, eighty thousand AKs were sold in America, and most of them came from Century and IO, you know, the lower, the, the you know, the budget, the budget price guns down there, right. which that's what market is. But as the market grows and gets bigger in the higher end, you you'll see people getting you know getting into that thing. I mean, DDI almost had it there; they were doing forgings and getting pretty close to a mil spec AK, but everything kind of um, i don't know what all happened there but just kind of went south and then i think psa bought their parts i think psa is using some of those parts now so i I don't know for sure how all that's going but we're really close to having a good high quality american ak and when i say high quality i'm talking about a mil spec gun that you would make a machine gun out of and run a hundred thousand rounds through with barrel changes of course yeah Um,
0: so that's kind of we've got several people that have asked that question it's like you know what sets the AKs, your AKs, uh, made in the U.S. apart from, you know, say a Russian or a, uh, you know, a Chinese or a, maybe a Polish? you or-
1: Get them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's that?
1: One is you can get them. Try to buy a try to buy a Russian AK these days or a Chinese AK. You can't.
0: Yeah, uh, that's true.
1: But yeah. As a matter of fact, the only ComBlock arsenal gun that I think you can get right now on a regular basis is probably a washer. You know, which is not a bad gun, but it's it's certainly not one of the nicer guns that have been available from different countries. I mean, you know, we use a lot. We're using Virgin Romanian parts for most of our builds right now, and 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 they make a good gun. Um, but really, the Wasser is the only Comblock made gun you can get in this country right now. You know? Or, now, are, you adding,
0: doing, are you doing? Are you doing? I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead.
1: I guess you really can't call Romania a Comblock country, but it is a Comblock setup arsenal, the Russian setup that you know that that, yeah, that it used to really be. Yeah. Yeah. Used yeah. to be.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, and do you guys do milled, um, receivers?
1: Um, we've done, we've done a lot of builds on the sharps row receivers. Um, we've done a couple on the Tortex, I believe they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's a, there's not a really big call for them. And I think we've done most on the sharps row receivers just cause it's kind of a nice novelty with the M4 style. We helped develop that receiver too. And as well, um, they, they brought it to me when the, they were, they, they were just about there. They had a few bugs to work out. We helped them get it over the line and get it out on market. Yeah. And, uh, it's a nice receiver. It makes a pretty good gun. I've got a couple of them here that I kept for myself. My DMR is made out of one as well. Um, Do you and, prefer uh, milled over stamped? Or Myself, personally, I prefer a stamped gun. They're okay. just way lighter. And, uh, as far as durability there's really not much more durability in a stamp receiver than in a milled receiver. I mean, you can have milled over a stamp because the, the really the durability factor is based on the barrel. Exactly. The full, yeah. You no. Know? So, and most people don't never run run enough ammo through a gun to burn out a barrel. So um, when you get to the fact of, I mean, the, the biggest difference to get back to your question about what's the difference between what we do and what a Russian does. Like for instance, we're generally not going to have a hammer forged barrel unless people ask for it. One reason for that is, We're not making machine guns. I mean, we do make machine guns, but not for the general public. Sure. And, you know, hammer-forged barrels are meant for use on machine guns and should be used with machine guns because of the extra heat and the friction that's taken. They'll wear out twice as fast. They'll burn out a a 4150 barrel, which is what we use on our semi-auto rifles. If I pull on a machine gun, I'll burn it out in about 10,000 rounds or less because they're just not durable enough, you know, whereas a a hammer-forged barrel will go 30,000 rounds or more. Right. You know, well, like I, you
0: said, too, I mean, even the 10,000 round barrel, I mean, most people aren't going to put that many rounds through yeah, one anyway.
1: Yeah, they don't. Yeah. And, uh, and but, he, but you take that same barrel and you put it on a, on a semi-auto gun, you'll get 20 or 20,000 rounds or more out of that barrel because it's not taking the abuse that a machine gun puts on it. So, you know, there's and again, how many people shoot 20,000 rounds through one gun? Most people won't do that in their life. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we have customers that do. I have customers I've rebarreled their guns three, four, five times. You know, I've got a couple of people that are up to, up getting, that are around 100,000 rounds on their guns. Hey, Travis Haley being one. You know, he's got 100,000 rounds on his first gun. You
0: yeah, know? but I mean, I mean, he's like, you know, 0.1% of people who, <laughs> you know, who Yeah, he's
1: to, probably yeah. more than anybody I know. But, but we have a few other people that we've their guns two or three times now. And uh, myself, I've got a few guns that I've had to rebarrel I've got one crank that we've taken to the limit. It's got 110,000 rounds through it, and it's pretty much retired now because the trunnion, and the, you can't put any, we've had five barrels in it. The trunnion can't take any more. It's just, we could rebuild it with a new trunnion and a barrel, but it's like, it served its purpose. It's time to let it retire and hang on the wall.
0: Yeah. You know? I had the opportunity to shoot one of your rifles. Uh, and it's not one you guys made, but it was one that was made, um, I think, at one of your classes. Uh, Brian <laughs> with Occam Defense.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was he, down he, here
0: in Nashville, and uh, he brought. Uh, he was taking a, a class over at um, Tactical Response, yeah. and uh, he brought it down, and and we got to shoot that, and really, yeah, it shot really nice. I loved it. It was great.
1: Yeah, he's a Brian's a good dude. He was just at the shop recently, and uh, we uh, he brought his he brought his grease by. We're looking, we're looking at some of the stuff he's got going, and we're going to be doing some stuff with Brian. We're going to start including his little grease dispensers in our. Uh, with all of our guns now, and uh, we're looking at a few other things he's doing too. Cause he's a pretty sharp, dude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he is. Um, I got one of their uh, front post sights. I had it right here. Oh, here it is. Um, I'm going to put that on one of my AKs
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and try that out.
1: Put, yeah, we just put we put a few of those on guns for people that have sent those in for us. And it's pretty. It's a, it's a very well made part. Yeah, you know, Brian's the kind of guy that Brian's an engineer who understands that you have to engineer stuff to be bomb-proof, mm-hmm. shall we say, and uh, that part is bomb It's a, it's a tough part. It's made out of good quality metal and it's machined properly. So,
0: oh, I mean, uh, you can tell just by feeling bomb-proof. of it. It's it's a solid part. And I'm looking forward to, to trying it out. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna replace the front post um, sight, or I'm sorry, the rear sight of the exactly. the AK. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another question that I wanted to ask. Uh, you know, and it's I guess it's just a matter of personal preference. But I know there's some probably some phys- physics involved with it as well um mm-hmm. side mounted versus um top mounted sights
1: well it's really more of a scout thing like uh, i would say best the best way i could put it is like on a 7.62 gun um i mean you can put a side rail on it but you're dealing with a round that's really only designed to be effective out to 300 yards i mean you can stretch them to four and even 500 yards but for something like that a scout mount with a red dot is going to do you just fine you know, um, now you look at a, a 545 or a 556 AK, which has a round that's capable of much better distance mm-hmm. Slide rail with a magnified optic makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, um, because you, you know, you have use for that, a magnified optic. I mean, I've got my DMR and 762 has an ACOG and you know, I can make hits off to 500 yards with that, but you know, the round starts going transonic at 550. So, you know, how much better can you expect it to be beyond that? You know, whereas... With the with the five four five or the five five six, you're looking at seven and eight hundred yards engagements and being able to make pretty effective hits. Yeah. So, yeah. so, with the magnified optic, it makes sense on the side roof.
0: Yeah, and you know I've heard different opinions, and uh, you know I've got, uh, and I agree with with some of them to a certain extent. I mean, each of them make make a little bit of sense. Um, side mount, you know, m- mounting it on the receiver versus mounting it on the you know, the barrel area, uh, and, and Occam's come out with a, you know, full handrail for it too, where you can mount sights on yeah.
1: that. Yeah, that. We're, we're actually, we're actually looking at that with them right now. We're looking at a, a variation of that that we kind of interested in, and, uh, the, uh, you know, we've been running, um, aim points on the Ultimac for years. That's the standard, standard setup that I've ran for, for optics mm-hmm. and, uh, that's not a problem at all. A lot of people will claim that the Ultimac will burn up an optic, and it will burn up the lesser expensive optics. But the Aimpoint is rated for a higher heat rating than the Ultimac ever gets, so we don't have any problem with the Aimpoints burning up. Yeah, so that's a lot of issues why people don't like to use a scout mounted um, um, optic on a gas tube like that.
0: Yeah, um,
1: but it is the lowest mounted and probably one of the best you can't. You can co witness your sights with it, too, that way. So we've always liked it for that reason.
0: So we're uh, I've got um, right on optics. They've got a red dot, uh, and, uh, it's rated to take that, that kind of heat. Um, I actually gave Brian one, so he's trying it out on his AK. Uh, I'm going to be mounting it, uh, on these AKs that I've got here as well and, and trying them out. Uh, but they're really good red dots. I'll, uh, I'll get you one of those. I'll have one sent to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Be interested to see it because anything that, anything that'll work. Cause I think the, uh, the aim point is rated for 140 degrees, and I think we measured the Ultimax running at about 110 to 120 depending on, you know, the caliber and the ambient temperature, so on and so forth. So right. if, it's, if it's above 120 heat rating, it should be okay. okay.
0: Yeah, we'll- and then a lot
1: of times, too, it's not necessarily burning up the scope. What it is is they have um, um, uh, safety cutoffs. If they overheat, they shut down. So the, the the expensive electronics don't burn up in them. That's that's the case. I think with some of the EOTechs. they were just it was just a battery cut off. It was shutting down because it was getting too hot. Right. So it really wasn't burning the scope, but it was shutting off, so it wouldn't burn. Yeah. So, and
0: AKs you know, get hot. <laughs> they get yeah, really hot.
1: Yeah. You know what? You, you, you learn real quick. <laughs> learn real quick. <laughs> yeah.
0: It just you takes one. Takes one burn mark, and uh, you learn your lesson.
1: Yeah. But gloves on your support hand is a night is a good idea for an AK. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's go back to the, uh, the questions here. Jerry Black says, uh, what is the most common failure of the AK 47 and how can it be avoided?
1: Most common failure. It's hmm. a user,
0: <laughs> user error. Yeah,
1: it anything, Cause if it's built right, they generally don't fail. Um, you know, uh, they, you know, I mean, I've gone thousands of rounds without cleaning guns and they just keep running. Um, uh, if anything I've seen is, is 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 failure from springs wearing out, extractor springs start going. You don't get good extractor, but it takes quite a bit to do that. You know, yeah. I'll do extractor springs on my guns about every every two thousand rounds, and that probably doesn't need to be done that much. I'm just kind of anal about that because yeah. if you don't extract, it ain't going to work. You, know? you
0: want to be proactive, definitely.
1: Yeah, and you know, and like the re- recoil return spring, I'll change those about every three to four thousand rounds. You can pull them off, and a, a good sign is if you pull them off and take them off the recoil return guide if they're more than an inch shorter than a new one, change it. You know, after a while, they'll get to be two or three inches shorter than a new one. And then it's really too short. You know, you're yeah. going to start getting running battering. And you're not really getting the guns, not running efficiently at that point.
0: So, so another spring, oh, worst things that go, you know, yeah, the uh, springs. Mm-hmm. And those are probably the, uh, cheapest parts to maintain yeah. and, and replace. So,
1: yeah. Um, the, uh, and again, too, that you know we're talking about if the gun's built right, you know, there's the, the, the beautiful thing about the AK is it's such a great design that it can be actually be built wrong and work. You know? <laughs> yeah. it'll, work, it'll work as well, but it'll still work. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really is the beauty of the gun. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting that down like that. And that's one of the reasons why it can be made in such a wide variance of tolerances. Um, and, you know, you can make a gun that's that's 600 bucks, or you can make a gun that's 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 2,500 bucks, and 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 they still work.
0: How would you know if one is it's operating? Maybe operating. How do you know if it's not operating correctly?
1: Well, um, you can look at the ejection pattern of the guns. Um, You know, generally, a a standard AK should be throwing your brass, your your cases, twenty to thirty feet, Mm -hmm. depending on depending on how it's bit, how it was built, how it was gassed. You know, what kind of ammo you're running, all that's all that affects it. You know, but if you got one that's just barely dribbling brass out, there could be an issue there. If you got one that's heavily overgassed and recoiling you and blowing smoke back in the face, that can be an issue, too. And all those things over time can make a difference on on how long the gun lasts. You know? um, additionally, the riveting in there. the riveting is, And, you know, I don't see – usually, generally, only on the ch- really budget, cheaper guns do you see bad riveting these days. Most of the time, people have been hammered for it so much they're getting pretty good at getting this stuff right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for a long time, man, some of the guns on the market had just some horrible, horrible rivets. And uh, the rivets are what hold it together – yeah.
0: Um, so here's a here's a question. It's kind of a little different. So it says uh, I was curious about the the AK world. This comes from Jason Farmer. So The VZ58 was an AK variant that was designed for the Czechoslovakian Czechoslovakian military. I was hoping Jim might be able to give us his take on them and why the Czechs decided to build it instead of using the AK47.
1: Well. I, first off, it's it's a great gun. I own one, um, but it's not really an AK variant. Um, the only thing AK about it is the ammo. It runs a 7.62 by 39, and it has a curved mag. But other than that, it is nothing like it doesn't operate anything like an AK. The mags, the mag, there's nothing interchangeable in that gun. Uh, it, it it's probably closer to an SKS than it is closer to an AK. Um, it's just a completely different design, really. And like again, it's not a bad gun, but it's really not an AK. Um, it, as a matter of fact, I read October. It was kind of an issue the first year. Could people use a VZ-58? Was it considered a COM block gun? Because, you know, the checks weren't necessarily COM block. I mean, that's kind of iffy depending on where you are in history. And uh, the VZ-58 is really not an AK. You know, it's just really the same caliber and that's about it.
0: But it is a good gun.
1: I'm not running it down. I'm just, you know, correcting it. You know, it's not an AK.
0: Yeah. And then uh, Jason also um, sent us an email. He said he signed up for the the Vince Buckles, Larry Vickers class um, Mm -hmm. in the spring. Says, thanks for hooking me up. We had uh, Vince on earlier episode. I think it was our second episode we had Vince on. uh, And he was uh, talking about that. Had some spots open in his class. I'm sure it's all full now. I'm sure there's not any spots. Oh, yeah,
1: he does. He sells that out every year. Vince is a good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. and uh, Well,
0: that's how uh, you and I got hooked up. Was, was
1: Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, Vince, Vince, Vince called me about your show and said, yeah. And I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. It sounds fun. Um, but, you know, Vince, if I couldn't build an AK anymore and I wanted one, he'd be the guy I'd call. There you go. You know? um, I mean, I know Vince. I know how he works. I know, his, I know his ethics. I wouldn't think twice about buying a gun from him, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's just how we roll here. You know? Vince is my buddy.
0: So uh, let's go to another question here. This one comes from Mm Up. Make sure to ask the origin of the Fuller AK. Where did he start? Why? Et cetera. I think we kind of covered that. Um, Mm, Yeah. See, I'm curious about optic mounting options, which we kind of touched on that. Uh, Mm -hmm. For a while, Rifle Dynamics used the Ultimat gas uh, tube. Why does he prefer no, that over mounting have. options? Um, we
1: always have, and we still are today.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the way he prefers to set up the AK pistol variants in general? What's the best way, in his opinion?
1: Mm-hmm. I, set, I set all my guns up the same way. I run an Ultimac with a with an aim point with a white light. With the I use the Haley Thorntail mount
0: mm-hmm. or
1: with, a scout, with a mini scout on it. I um, think- all my guns the same way, he, whether it's a pistol or whether it's a long gun. Um, that's, it's the only thing that's different is probably my DMR, and I run a, I run an cog on that. I think maybe what
0: he's asking, too, on the pistol is, do you, do you use any of those braces?
1: Yeah, the, we, we use the latest SB Tactical, not the folding one, because the folding one's still kind of iffy with ATF right now, but we use the collapsible one on our pistols. It's uh, stock. It really, it really doesn't work. It's not bad at all. I
0: mean, yeah, I think, uh, and I've had this question several times, too, and I, I'm sure it's, it's just it's model variant, you know, AK variant for the folding stocks. Um, you know, you got to get into that trunnion sometimes. And,
1: um, if you want the triangle folder, the standard con block folder, yeah, it requires a special built uh, purpose built trunnion to do that with. And, uh, one thing, you know, we've always avoided building with those trunnions because you're really talking a fine line with ATF on this stuff, you know, cause they improve braces. You know, if you build a trunnion with a thing that'll readily accept a side folding stock, you know, the owners don't want to go down that road, you know. So uh, we haven't done that, but um, we have found out now that um, I heard just as Casey was telling me today or yesterday, we were talking about it, that uh, uh, the Form 1s through um, each, the E-Verify system are taking only like 15 days now. So if you buy a pistol, you can Form 1 and get it approved in 15 days and put a real stock on it. Yeah. So. That's that's a big plus right now because people were waiting you know, to get approval for a, for a Form 4 or a Form 1. In the past, it's been eight months to a year, but now they're saying it's like going in 15 days on the e-check. If, so, uh, uh,
0: if our listeners had an AK pistol and they wanted to get that conversion done, is that something that they could send to you to have done?
1: Uh, we can't do Form 1s because you Form 1, if you file a Form 1, that means you're doing it yourself. So if, if technically we can't do it, we have to do it on a, on a Form 2 and then Form 4 it. But uh, with the Form 1, you know, most of these guns you buy, um, they're really, if you buy with a standard fixed stock, there's so many options of stocks that you can put on those that are legit. And I think that with this with this change now, then people may just start making them with those uh, with those uh, uh, side-folding stocks now. I don't know. That would make a,
0: sense. I mean, why not? It
1: would make sense if you could do it that easily, you know. Uh, but again, I can't say that we're going to do it because I don't own the company anymore and I don't make those decisions. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, That's my ability for somebody else that I don't have to worry somebody about. Somebody else
0: is stressed now, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, ask about what, what um, calibers do you prefer? Uh, the seven six two, 2 5.45, or do you like the 5.56 5, setup?
1: 5.45, 5, master race all the way. I love that round. I think it's the best round that the AK was chambered in. Um, that said... I'm sad to say that it's getting very, very hard to find parts for that gun anymore. Mm. Uh, and people, one of the questions I've seen on there, somebody had asked if we're, why they don't see 74s on our, on our website anymore. And that's the reason, because we don't know about the availability of parts right now. Um, it's a little, uh, um, it's a little iffy on whether we're going to, uh, you know, like I said, we're at the subject, we're, we're subject to the uh, availability of what's out there, you know, and right. things aren't always out there.
0: Right, and I believe that was a uh, Cadell Fu uh, asked that question about the the AK74. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go grab some more questions here from uh, our Instagram post that we did. Um, let's see, Alan Schaefer. Mm-hmm. He says, "What's the future of RD, and is there any plan to offer sub 1K
1: kit builds?" The future of RD um, is probably looking pretty good right now. Um, there's a a lot of things going on that I'm not at will. I'm not at ease to talk about right now. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as a thousand dollar kit build, I don't think you'll ever see that out of RD. Um, the, the stuff we do here, we just can't build them that cheap. We just we just can't. It it, it it's just you know the uh you come out and see what we do, and you'll see what you'll see why it costs what it costs. You know. And talk you, you like talk it, about you that. To um, you're welcome to come out anytime. I'll give you a per- I'll personally give you a tour of the whole deal.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, and I know there's several questions that have this too, is, uh, you know, what sets a uh, rifle dynamics apart from the others. We kind of touched on that uh, a little bit, but if you want to well, go you know, into one, we've
1: done it probably longer than anybody that's doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, two, almost everybody that's producing guns right now on a custom level are basically building the same style of gun. We started building 10 years ago. So there's a reason why people have always came to us. Experience. And that's it.
0: Quality. You know, yeah
1: some of the most well-known shooters in the country are running our guns. So uh, that,
0: that's something I wanted to talk to you about too. Red October was uh, just, uh, recent. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go. I was in Georgia. Um, but, uh, uh, Jay from century arms invited me to come up to go to that. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are one of the sponsors of that. Uh, talk about that We're event. a little
1: sponsor, bit. Actually. What's that? We're the title sponsor actually.
0: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah.
1: That's been a blast. Um, the uh brian um brian nelson's a competitive shooter up in the up in the utah area and uh he's a very very uh, very good at that stuff and he wanted to you know he wanted to expand and build an ak competition and uh he approached us three four years ago about it he came came down to our open house during shot show and asked me what i would be interested in getting involved in it you know sponsoring it trying to help promote it and i said absolutely it sounds like a great idea and uh the first year we did pretty good i think we had 125 um contestants and probably about that many spectators over the weekend. Oh,
0: the second, awesome. we doubled
1: that. Um, the third year, this last year, we oh. had over 300 competitors and probably I'm going to guess four to 500 participants. So every year it keeps getting bigger, more competitors, more people going there, more sponsors. Um, you know, I mean, most, most, you know, we had tons and tons of guys out there and, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's not as much of a competition as it is just kind of like a celebration of the AK Kind of like a cultural event because you've got as many people going there just to be there as they are to compete, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you got people showing up in period correct uniforms and all kinds of costumes because it is around Halloween time, you know. So it's just kind of a fun event. There's I was going to say
0: it's kind of like a Renaissance festival, but with guns.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 actually a good way to do it. Plus, it's in a it's in a really nice area where you can camp, and uh, it's it's just beautiful countryside out there. Um, so it, it, it's it's kind, of, kind of helps you afford it. You don't have to have a hotel if you don't need it. Where you know? is it held? Um, it's, it's held in a in a city called Hurricane. Just it's just north of St. George, Utah. Oh, okay. It's about two hours north of Vegas, northeast of Las Vegas. And is it at the same place every year? Uh, yes, yes.
0: And when's the next one?
1: The next one will be in October of two thousand nineteen.
0: October two thousand nineteen. So go ahead and mark that on your calendars, leadheads. Yeah.
1: I forget uh, which weekend it is. I think it's the second or third. I forget. It, it's been different every year. just kind of it kind of depends on because they have competitions there every 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 weekend. Just about. It's a pretty well used uh, range for that stuff. There are a yeah. lot of epic competitions. So,
0: what uh, what are is, some of the um, courses that are set up for the for that competition with the academy? Uh, that's kind
1: of cool. They they kind of try to do theme type stuff. Like um, there was one that's like Mogadishu where they had a down helicopter. You know, I mean, obviously not a real one, but you know, they build props up like this, and then they have a you know, like a city thing. Uh, they did, um, this year, they did kind of like themes to like different countries and stuff or different battlefields. And they build up different props for that to simulate that. None of the, you know, the, the, the competition is not really high speed and hard like you would expect in a three-gun match. The one is built just to run with your AK. It's not designed to, you know, to change other guns, pistol, shotgun, that kind of thing. It's just with the AK. They keep it fun, but they keep it simple so you don't have to be a really squared away competitive shooter to enjoy this. And you don't even really have to be a competitive shooter to win. You know, it's it's really all it's it's more about, you know, you gotta be you gotta be good and you gotta work at it, but yeah. you don't have to be the best to have a lot, have a good time and actually do well. Well, like and, you said
0: earlier, it's just you know, it's it's like minded individuals, people who appreciate and enjoy the the AK platform, they're getting together and celebrating and enjoying it whether they're in the competition or not.
1: Yeah, and that's really how it is, and that's why it's such a fun event, because you have a little bit of everything for everybody like that.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's go back to Instagram here. Uh, Big Papa 94 says, so excited. Tell Jim we appreciate everything he does for the gun community. So there you go. It's my
1: mission. You know, I, I knew in the beginning, if there wasn't an industry, we would never get to where we are now. So I've always kind of tried to plant work at trying to build the industry as well. That's why I started doing build classes. And that's why I've always tried to do these things and help people advance this as much as possible. I want to leave something behind when I go. It's not what you do while you're here; it's what you leave behind. It's you
0: know? a great philosophy. Mid me sage oh. <laughs> says uh, Fuller, A.K. You ever mess with the first gen Galil? What's your thoughts on them?
1: Um, I was actually quite inspired by them. You know, I mean, our front end design was based on the idea of the Galil. Uh, the Galil just didn't do what I wanted it to do because it was a pretty heavy gun. You know, there were a milled receiver and. You know, and, and, you know, I liked them. I liked the front end design, the combination front sight gas block, because I knew that would do something in the right package, which it did for us when we started doing it. And, uh, that was the inspiration for the front end job that we started doing 12 years ago. And, uh, which really is what the, the success of our guns was built off of is the, the handling of that, of that front end and the way it works with, you know, fighting with it, and speed shooting, whatever. Right. Um, but, uh, kind of how that works.
0: We've, I mean, we've got tons and tons and tons of questions and, uh, I mean, we're getting, we're getting kind of towards the end of the show here. So, um, let's get a couple more in and then, uh, we'll do our wrap up and our giveaways. Here's one. It said it's, this is from dead man jerky co. So oh, I know that dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. All right. It's great beef jerky. <laughs> oh they make beef jerky actually, I, built a, I built a couple of guns for you that's chase Devlin. he's a friend of mine
0: oh chase send me some jerky man i love i love beef jerky oh, or deer jerky stuff. or whatever yeah this is good stuff jim what's been your favorite customer sent in kit that you've built over
1: the years well he probably wants me to say the russian 74 kit that he sent in that i just built <laughs> Is that his? <laughs> it was a nice one but we've actually seen a few of those in the. This was a pretty nice one, I will say, but I would say probably the coolest one, I, I got to say, that we built has been the Type 2s. I built like three Type 2s, one for myself and two for other people. And uh, those were re-welds, which are very rare guns. And uh, those were probably the most exciting guns that I, that I personally think, you know, that, that, that would to answer that question. Sure. I think the Type 2 that I have built have probably been the most exotic kits that we've worked on, you yeah.
0: Mustang Perry says, I'm so excited for this episode. I can't wait to hear all the advice and training tips uh, that Jim Fuller has to tell all us leadheads. Seems like it is still going to be so long until this uh, comes out, though. So, <laughs> it's going to be the 15th. is when I mean, every month, that's usually when we release, release the show. Um, but what about training tips? Have you got any training tips for the, the leadheads out there for the AK-47? Uh, the
1: biggest thing is run the AK like an AK. You know, far too many people that have no experience with the AK. They want to try to make it run it like the M4, and you can't. It doesn't work. The mags don't load the same. The safeties don't work the same. The gun is not designed to be run the same. You know, get some get get get, get some exposure to Russian weapons handling, and you'll be a whole lot better off learning some of that stuff. It, some of it may not work for you. Some of it may. But the gun was designed by those people, and they found some pretty effective ways to use it. Um, and, you know, we've integrated a lot of that stuff into, with Western training into that, um, uh, you know, any of the AK specific trainers, um, Travis Haley, uh, uh, Larry Bickers Sonny Pazikas is doing classes again. If you can get one of the demons when they're in town, they live in Russia, so they're not here that often. But when they come over and do a class, it's pretty great. Who is that? Huh? Who, who is that? Did you say? Uh, they're known as the demons. They're uh, one of them. One of them's a retired spetsnaz, and one of them's an active spetsnaz. And they've been over here several times doing classes. They're really nice guys cool. and very skilled and 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 you know confident fighting men. Yeah. So, so you learn a lot of good stuff from those guys. But Sunny Sunny's former
0: spetsnaz too, right?
1: He is. Yes, yes, I do. I believe he is. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but you know those four guys, and then there's a lot of other guys. Uh, Ken Allen, I think, is doing AK specific classes. Uh, Travis Haley, I mentioned. Uh, Clint Smith is now doing an AK specific class. We just took his first one a couple of weeks ago, which I had a blast. I love Clint Smith; he's so unfiltered, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a, We're going to be offering a class this year too called the um, um, uh, the AK Discovery Course. It's a two day class where uh, one day of armor class and one day on the range. Learn basic hand, weapons handling of the AK and running our full auto variants. So it's a it's a really good exposure to the AK if you want to get into it and learn a good amount about it and play with real actual you know, full-auto variants and uh, you'll learn it. you'll pick up a lot in that two day period and of course you can always sign up for our build class and build one yourself.
0: There you go, and give them the website or uh, page. RifleDynamics dot com. RifleDynamics dot com. There you go, guys. On
1: Instagram and Facebook, all the standard stuff, you know.
0: Well, like I said, I mean, we've got we still got tons and tons of questions here. Uh, we probably need to have you on for another segment to uh, to, to cover all these
1: yeah. these you know, questions. Just talking about guns, man, just guys talking about guns. How can you not want to do that?
0: Absolutely, <laughs> man. It's it's been great, and I mean, I've just been sitting here learning and listening. So, uh, I mean, I'm usually more talkative than this, but you've been great. So, I appreciate you taking the time. Let's yeah, uh, let's give away uh, one of your CDs. Sure. Uh, let's go to that Instagram post, Jim, and I'm going to just, uh, pick a number between, let's see, one, looks like one in about 20 or so, uh,
1: which on, on your thread.
0: Uh, yeah, let's go, let's go to my thread (laughs) technology, Uh,
1: technology, man. You and I just had that conversation. You know, I hate it.
0: Yeah, it's great when it works.
1: It's great when it works, but most of the time it doesn't work with me. (laughs) Me either. Smartphone's 2% smarter than I am.
0: (laughs) I break shit all the time.
1: (laughs) All right, I'm on it now here. So
0: So just pick a number between 1 and 20.
1: (laughs) I thought we had Uh, at least... uh, Let's go with number 8. How's that? Number 8. Okay, uh, number 8. 1,
0: 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Mustang Perry. Okay, cool. Uh, Mustang Perry, you are the winner of the first... Uh, DVD. Is it a training DVD? Is that what it is?
1: Um, that's actually
0: our armor's DVD. Ooh. It's three
1: and a half hours of how to work on the AK.
0: Ooh, sweet. I want that one.
1: <laughs> well, we can, I'm, I, yeah, we'll take care of that. We'll it, email us the address and we'll send these out to these guys.
0: No, yeah, see. definitely. So Mustang Perry, shoot me an email, talkingled at gmail.com. Uh, give us your, your address and we'll make sure that we get you, uh, that CD. Uh, let's go to Facebook now. Are you, are you giving two of these away? Is that right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll send you one too.
0: Oh, well, I, <laughs> I would love to have one. Um, thank you so much. No, I know
1: you're trying to learn, so we'll send you one. I want you to have it, you know? It'll yeah, absolutely.
0: I actually, um, got a little bit, uh, of armor's course when I was in Poland as well. Yeah. So cool. Cool. It's kind of cool. All right, we'll go to the Facebook post now. We'll see who's posted on Facebook. And, uh, we've got two, three four here i think let's go to top fan kurt garber um we're gonna give him and his question was we didn't read his question says jim did a collaboration with silencer Co. a few years ago is that something we will see more of in the future second question what are his thoughts on doing an east coast builders course
1: um as far as the um, silence, the the suppressor collaborations, yes, there's one coming up. We're going to be doing a collaboration with Dead Air. Ooh, um, nice. We did three with Silence Co. in the past; those were very successful. We 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 enjoyed working with those, and we're getting ready to do a. I believe we're going to do a pistol, and I'm not sure what can we're doing. we're working we're working out all the details right. That we're going to do a package thing with it with, with uh, one of their cans, one of our pistols, and probably a, tr- a chest rig and a and a, and a um, carrying case from uh, HSP from Haley Strategic Partners. It's going to be a nice little package, you know?
0: Cool. Yeah, that'll yep. be awesome. And what are your thoughts on doing a East Coast Builders course?
1: Um, we cannot do it. Um, because we are a licensed manufacturer, we can only hold them in our place of uh, our manufacturing residence. We went through not this sure. with yeah, years ago. I actually asked about doing them on the road, telling them that we're not building the guns. The students are, so we're not manufacturing. The guy at the time agreed with us and says, yeah, sure, go ahead and do it. And about a year later, they changed their mind and stopped us from doing it. Hmm. We didn't get in any trouble because uh, they had originally told us we could, so, but they tried, they, you know. Sorry, ATFs. Kurt.
0: Yeah, get a get a plane ticket and, and go out to Nevada and, and take the course out there. It'd be well worth it.
1: Yeah, we just put up our um, schedule next year for the five courses we're offering next year. Plus, we also do privates too. if people can't make the uh, make the group classes that we do. We do private classes. There are more money, obviously, for a private class, but. Um, well worth is, it, I'm sure. So- well, the. Get one on one attention pretty much building this gun, no matter which class you're in. But the private class is, you know, there's a lot more to that. You know, it's just obviously, you know, one on one, or, you know, we do one, two, three people in the class at a time. We get a lot of father, son wow. groups, that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah.
0: So, uh, Kurt Garber, send me uh, email talkingland at gmail.com with your contact information. I'll forward that on to Jim and he'll make sure that you get that DVD. So, congratulations. So, now it's the the time that all the lead have been waiting for.
1: Is he going to give away a Pioneer pistol here?
0: Yeah, we're going to give away a Pioneer Arms Corps help-up. Uh, this will be our, let's see, I got to do the math, our fifth one? So this is yeah, this is episode five, so this will be our fifth uh, AK giveaway. Uh, so we've had a lot of participation from you guys, and I greatly appreciate uh, all the sharing, all the likes, all the comments that you guys have been doing. You've been fabulous, and it gets better and better each month. And I'm just going to some honorable mentions here. Jerry Black has been doing phenomenal. Mustang Perry, which he just won one of your DVDs. Uh, Ed Burton, Geo Osmond, Waylon Austin, Bill Adams, John Adams. I don't know if they're related or if he's the same guy and he's just cheating. But... <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> They got the same the same name: Tyler Spence, Jacob Rozowski, uh, Nuffy Wrangle. I think that's a made up name as well. Big Papa. Uh, I mean, I can't I can't name everybody. I'll be here all night naming naming everybody He's just doing a phenomenal job. But I've narrowed it down to two of you leadheads, and uh, we're gonna let Jim do the honors. And I haven't I haven't told him who uh, we're doing or how we're gonna pick this. So this is completely off the cuff. This this is two of you that have been above and beyond. I mean, I've I've seen your name everywhere. You've been sharing the post over and over and over again. And uh, that's what we really need because Facebook and Instagram, these social media sites are really choking down the gun industry on right. our, our exposure on those platforms. So the more you guys share this, the better it is for us because I don't know about you, Jim, but I've been completely blackballed and I can't boost any of my, my posts that I do anymore.
1: Yeah, we can't boost it all. I tried it one time. I boosted. They accepted a $40 thing to boost it. And then five minutes later, they said, sorry, you're a gun business. We can't boost you. And then they didn't give me my money back.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they do. So uh, I'm in the same boat right now, too. So when you guys share these posts, it, it helps us uh, greatly. So
1: Shares are where it's at, definitely. That's the only way we can get, it, we can get any kind of exposure anymore. <laughs>
0: So I've got I've got it narrowed down to, to two of you leadheads here, and your fate lies in the hands of Jim. And um, you, what do you think the best way to narrow flip a coin,
1: you think? Coin toss? Uh, you want me to toss a coin and put one guy's name on heads, one guy's name on tails?
0: Yeah, put it, put an initial on on one and yeah, one
1: side and the initial on you the, the other. A coin. I don't have any coins on me. <laughs> you got no coins on you? Yeah, my wife's gonna hand me a coin. There you go. <laughs> oh Man. shit! I just dropped. I just dropped it in the couch. Sorry.
0: <laughs> There's probably more in there too.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Who knows? Whatever else down there, probably bullets and all kinds of shit. More money. Don't okay, try burn. it again. More money. All right, we're gonna have. We have heads and tails on this. It's a quarter. It actually has a. It actually has a head and a tails thing. Where's the camera? They're yeah, I see it. I see it.
0: I verify that. Okay. okay, so put a, a JB on one side uh, which side do you got right now
1: let's say jb is heads
0: okay jb is heads and then eb eb is tails yeah how's that that's good that's good so let's flip the coin and it
1: is tails eb i believe
0: eb so ed burton congratulations <laughs> yep it's tails confirmed it right there ed burton you are the winner ed burton, ed burton. yeah so Ed has been phenomenal. Uh, I've gone through since last month's show, and I've looked at every post we've done, not just the AK Corner. Uh, With the exception of maybe one or two posts, Ed has shared, liked, uh, been commenting on just about every post. So, Ed, you are well-deserving. I hope that you can legally accept a firearm. If you can't, you're not going to get it, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure (laughs) – I'm pretty sure Ed is. He's a law enforcement guy, so uh, congratulations.
1: Yeah, I think he's probably okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and JB Jerry Black, you know uh, you know who you are, and all you other guys that I mentioned. We've still got seven more to give away, so you're not out of it. Uh, lots more to give away, and we'll probably have even more with great guests like Jim offering uh, prizes to you guys as well. Tune in every month to Talking Lead AK Corner. sponsored by Pioneer Arms Corps, and you could win one of those awesome help Pups, along with some some other awesome prizes from our guests uh, like Jim. And we may have, may have Jim on again. Uh, we've still got lots of episodes to go.
1: Yeah, I'd be glad to, you, man. It's a lot of fun. So, uh,
0: guys, make sure you go to our post, Talking Lead, Instagram, Facebook, our website, listen to us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Make sure you go and thank Jim. Go to his 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 sites as well. You're uh, Fuller AK on Instagram.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm Fuller AK and uh, Jim Fuller on Facebook, and of course, Rifle Dynamics on Facebook and Rifle Dynamics Instagram.
0: Make sure you go and show him how much that the Leadhead Nation Leadhead Brigade appreciates Jim. And uh, if you guys want him on again, uh, the more feedback he gets, the probably the, the the odds are increased he'll be back on again. <laughs> we didn't get to have Schwell on my co-host uh, we will definitely get some feedback from Schwell. Uh, we might do a, an Instagram live with him uh, but for all you winners in the past uh, if your stuff has not arrived yet let me know talking to that at gmail.com but I think most everything is out now and you guys should be getting it hopefully uh, in the next couple of weeks but as a winner just a, a quick reminder allow four to eight weeks especially for these rifles but uh, send me your contact info, Ed. I forgot to tell you, I've already got it, but just send me uh, TalkingLead at gmail.com. Um, let me know uh, what your FFL info is and all that, and uh, we'll get all that started. So, Jim, any parting words for the Leadheads?
1: Stay safe and be deadly. Be, be vigilant.
0: And uh, make sure you guys tune in every episode Talking Lead Podcast. Uh, we've got the – hey, you might be interested in this. We've got our special Black Friday Cyber Monday uh, special episode coming up. It'll be our fourth annual, where we're going to be giving you leadheads all the great deals that are coming up, uh, where you can save money and get awesome, awesome uh, firearms, accessories, gear, kit, all that. Um, some exclusive only to you, leadheads. So you've got to listen to the podcast to get that. And that's going to drop Thanksgiving. Cool. So, nice. so if Rifle Dynamics has any special Black Friday, Cyber, Cyber Monday deals coming up, make sure you send those to me, Jim, and we'll put them on that episode.
1: Yeah, I think we do have something working. Eric will probably email you about it or something like that.
0: Okay, know? cool. Yeah, let's make yep. sure we get, get you guys on that episode as well. Cool, man. So until next month, Leadheads, make sure you study up, get your AKs, go out, train, and uh, send me your questions. TalkingLead at gmail.com, subject, AK Corner.
1: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's a lot of fun, and anytime you want to do this, just let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Or was that? That was AK before AK was cool. Old button,
0: so. <laughs> right. <laughs>